0: blog talk radio
1: this is all about wine on blog talk radio the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009 featuring winemaker cellar master vineyardist and tasting expert ron
2: basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly
1: from coast to coast and around the world.
2: You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, <laughs> I love that.
1: Share your question or comments using the live chat feature on our website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Again, that's www.allaboutwinebtr.com. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. <laughs>
0: Right.
2: Right. Right. Most people are happy because we're out of the rain.
0: That's right. It has been raining here every single day. And today, I don't know how it was on your side of the coast, uh, uh, the state, but today it was like all day. I mean, it finally stopped around just a few hours ago, but it was like all since the morning, it rained and it just constant. And it's okay, we're, we're done. We've had it. That's enough. Let's, where's winter? And it,
2: you know, seventy. <laughs> yeah, been doing that here too. No different. Okay. It, uh Actually, it, it uh, it's been raining for last like three or four days. But it rained mm-hmm. yesterday. I had a golf game yesterday, and we went out there and started, mm-hmm. and it was drizzly for the like first three holes. Then it stopped, and we were able to get the game in. But then it rained again coming home, and it rained in the evening, and then it started this morning. But like I was telling the guys to find golf, but this, this isn't Florida weather. Florida doesn't rain all day, you know. We no. we don't do that. No. But uh, rain, rain, rain. We're like 10 inches above normal around here, they're saying. so. Wow. Lots of rain. Not lots of rain. Fun. Yeah. Um, Not fun, I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like you said, it, so. it uh, comes in. It comes in. It rains a little bit, and it goes away. Or, or it rains real heavy for a little bit, and then it goes away. But... Nothing like for hours, you know, just uh, this, this yeah. is something else. Um, this and is, I heard uh, – This is – Yeah, go ahead.
2: go ahead. I was just this is like Midwest rains, you know, where you, where you have <laughs> storms come in and parks themselves and stays there for two or three days. This isn't like Florida rains. Yeah. So, you
0: yeah. know, the weather, the weather everywhere is just uh, really in the heat. And I, I heard was it yesterday? No, this morning there was a report from um, I guess your um, Lee Span over at Channel Eight over there uh, posted it on her Facebook page that um, Paris, France, had record heat this morning. Well, our time it would have been this morning. Um, it was 105 degrees in Paris, France, and it was going up from there. So, and that was like wow. a, they set a, a record for them. So uh, it's it's. Just maddening how how hot it is and and uh, it's just oh, amazing. But for Paris, I, France, that's wow.
2: <laughs> I saw uh, the uh, in the paper they send saying the record heats across Europe and all that, and they said that they're setting record hmm. highs for lows all over the place. I didn't know it was that high. Oh my gosh, that's
0: hmm.
2: that's, wow. that's just stifling. I mean, to start with, I. Yeah. You know, I was, years ago, I lived in Kansas City, and uh, I got up to go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning, and the weather report said that we are just setting a new record high for low this morning. It only got down to 94, and it went up from there. It went up to 110 that day, I think. But but can you imagine mm-hmm. starting in triple digits in the morning? Oh, my
0: gosh. No. <laughs> Nope,
2: you know, I can have that. All, all, across, all across Europe, these, these major high temperatures. You know, my faults are out to them. It's a tough. It's, and, it, it, you know, it's not good on, you know, since this is all about wine, it's not good on the vines either. It's, you know, you get this intense heat, and you can't keep enough water in the ground for the grapes to be able to absorb But You're constantly watering, and water is becoming a short supply, so it's horrible. I, I will... That will be a good project for me this next week to see how that heat across Europe is affecting uh, the grapes uh, this time of year. It's still a bit early for harvest, but uh, I'll I'll see what I can find. Let me do myself a note right now. Heat in Europe effect. Grapes. Okay, I got myself a note. I will follow up on that and I will come back and report next week for you then. So hmm. I'm, I'm not sure how okay. all this heat is going to affect the grapevines out there. I mean, it, it's, you know, I can't say it's not a critical time because they should be, you know, horizon should be starting to, you know, should be forming grapes and growing grapes. And with all this heat, the heat will pull a lot of the moisture out of the plants, which Needs to feed the grapes, and so I don't know. It's I will check on that. So, okay, uh, something something to mm. look at next week here. So, uh, otherwise, yeah, everything is
0: <laughs> everything good. is the
2: same. I mean, weather weather <laughs> sucks, and <laughs> everything's <laughs> the same.
0: We'll continue uh, to do uh, so. <laughs>
2: Yes, yes. yes you know, yes. it continues to do so. Um yeah. got some uh oh, whoops. I don't know where that came from. I'm sitting here trying to find things I want to talk about on my you know, on my computer and it's not uh it's bouncing around giving me different things here that I don't want to see. Um uh, there we go. Okay, uh some uh Wineries, I want to tell you about the stuff coming up here. Summertime, uh, Whispering Oaks Winery is having this. They're located up in uh, uh, North Florida on, uh, well, actually, the address is Oxford, Florida, County Road 475. Uh, They are having Whispering Oak wine pairing dinner uh, that is going to be, uh, oh, I think that's coming up this weekend, isn't it? Uh, oh, it's tonight. Oh, my gosh, the 25th. Today is the 25th. Um, so from 6 to 8, unless you are right there next to the gate, you're not going to make it. So uh, let's uh, skip that. I was thinking that was another week away here. So, But Whispering Oaks does have some other stuff coming up. Let's see if this is the one. Uh that's for the dinner too Also That's another warning Which me sends me a whole lot of emails And so I need to sort them out And Well this is a good one yet. They still had spots left for the dinner And so They sent me an email Every day And This past week to let me know that there were still spots This last one came in eight hours ago Actually this morning Saying we still have spots for this evening's dinner So Again, you're not going to make it unless you're right there. Tassel Ridge Winery, they are located in Iowa at uh, uh, Lighten, Iowa. And they have, again, their summer celebrations and all that going on continuously. They have a winemaker's dinner on the 27th, which is this Saturday. Uh, and uh, they have a gift shop open all the time. And uh, Verizon started uh, in the uh, uh, vineyards. The, the Verizon, I mentioned Verizon a couple of times already for those of you who are not sure. Verizon, spelled B-E-R-A-I-S-O-N, Verizon is when the grapes start to change color. It's uh, when they first come out to come out uh, milky green color or something like that. And Verizon is when they're changing the color to the actual colors that they're going to be, that actual, you know, the Purple and red grapes will change the colors from a green to a red. And the white grapes, which actually are, are greenish colors, will change from a, a pale translucent color and, and uh, yellow and start turning into the colors they're supposed to be. So uh, they're all going through Verizon there. You can do trips to the vineyard and watch the uh, grapes and the changing of the colors of uh, different vineyards there. Plus, Castle Ridge has their uh, different events coming up. They have uh, Burger Night, uh, and Winemaker's Dinner, and they have other stuff scheduled throughout. <coughs> excuse me, throughout the week they have a lunch daily luncheon specials uh, from 11 to 4 every day of the week, 12 to 4 on Sunday. So, they are located again in White Iowa. You can get a hold of them at Castle Ridge. Uh, Wait a minute, is it Tasso Ridge or is it something else? They way some of these change alright. Uh Tasso Ridge Winery, I think is it, yeah. Tasso So uh or no not winery, TasselRidge.com So that's what they've got coming up. And we've got uh Keith Joshua, where is he? I know he's oh there he is. Uh Keith Joshua has their first-ever Southeast Arizona New Ventures Harvest Festival. This is set up for September the 21st, so you've got time to schedule this and go to this. It is, uh, they will be hosting it at Keith Joshua Vineyards. New Ventures Wine Growers Harvest Festival. Uh, Over eight Arizona-based wineries and vineyards will be in attendance. They will be pouring all pouring wines and some of the newest ones in the state, alongside local, a couple of local bands on two different stages, uh, and they'll have gourmet food local from local eateries, a variety of retail vendors, tents and stuff set up, and it's going to be from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday, that is the 21st of October or September. I'm sorry, 21st September. And they will, uh, let's see what else. New wine releases, meet and greets uh, with the new Arizona winemakers and local fare from the Culinary Graduate Food Truck and Dante's Farr and Russell Compton, Texas Barbecue. $15 at the door, which includes a souvenir glass, five wine tastings. (coughs) Excuse me, got a catch in my throat this evening. Uh, new wineries include High Lonesome Vineyard, Laramita Cellars, Birds and Barrels, Tantrum Wines, Elephant Head Vineyards, and more. Uh, musical lineup uh, is uh, from 11 to 5, the whole day long, and a uh, variety of different retailers and vendors there selling local products and hand uh, and tattoo artists and all sorts of stuff. So big event, Five Course Harvest Fest, is coming up on October the 12th at Keith Joshua. Uh, it will be in the vineyard. This is a big event they do every year. This is really a cool event. They set up tables and have fine dining. And I, and when I say fine dining, they, you know, tablecloths and everything out in the vineyards and uh, very long tables. And they have the... Uh, uh, Four course or is it a four, five course meal that goes on? Uh, smoked salmon is the first course. Uh, they will have a uh, shrimp and Cajun spice golf shrimp, and the second one is asparagus spears and other stuff. Third course chicken uh, and uh, a variety of stuff there. Fourth course uh, so they do pork loin and slow roasted pork loin. Excuse me again. And the last course chocolate mousse cups and coffee reduction and cardamom whipped cream, all sorts of goody stuff on that. That is the 12th of October. A great event if you're anywhere in Arizona or anywhere in the southwestern part of the United States. It's a great event to go to. $75 per person. That is uh, limited space, so it's going to be there at 6 o'clock in the evening, October 12th, 520 455 5582. So Keith Joshua event there. And then you can also make it down to the one on 21st of September, the Vent- New Ventures Harvest Festival. So those are coming up or down there. Great area to go visit wineries, too, if you've never been to southern Arizona. It's just, it's a really a a nice region to visit so and uh, Tucson uh, it's just north of there so it's a great way to take in uh, that part of the country and all that Amazing Grace Vineyard has uh, an event coming up Amazing Grace is located in Chansey New York they have a deadly incentive murder mystery dinner on August the 10th that's not too far away there. That's you know, a couple of weeks away is all. Uh August the tenth at Amazing Grace Vineyard and Winery. Uh it says you are uncoursially invited to our annual murder mystery dinner three theater. Uh it's uh let's see what's oh it describes describes a little bit about what's happening here. Uh oh I was just brought my evening wine by my engineer here But let me tell you about this first and I'll tell you about the one It says Seamus O'Malley's Pub and Grub Is a place that he holds most dear to his heart But the business hasn't been good So he's hired Peter Blackwell To help him put his cherished pub back on the map But how With a treasure hunt that promises A pot of gold at the end of its rainbow And a murder as well do you and your team have what it takes to solve the murder? So you team up, and you do, and you solve the murder mystery. You're part of it and all that. Those are always fun things to do. And obviously they have wine and all sorts of stuff and dinner and everything else. So murder mystery dinner a theater coming up to t- um, at uh, uh, Amazing Grace Vineyard and Winery on August the well, did I just say yes? I did. Uh, no, yes. August the twelfth, tenth. August the tenth. And so, market calendars and get your reservations in and attend that if you're up on that part. Uh, this is your phone number here. Uh-huh. No, just go to Amazing Grace Vineyard. I don't know. Amazing Grace not been here. com. and uh, you can check that out. Okay. Uh, and those I don't need. Okay. So, and there we got what's coming up on some of the wineries around it in the spring. It's going to be autumn a little bit here in some places, not for us here in Florida, but everywhere else in the country is looking at autumn in September and October and it's going to be cooling down a little bit and Make it pleasant to be outside, do stuff outside and all. So, check out your local wineries, and I'm sure a lot of them have things that are happening and things that are doing it, and you go out and enjoy that. Got a wine tonight. Uh, my engineer just brought it in to me. Primitivo. Uh, Primitivo. It is uh, Salentia Indica zone Geografica de Pico. Uh I can't tell. I have no idea what that all just said. This is a, uh, obviously a red wine. Salentino forms the south, southernmost port of Bugria and flanks the Adriatic and Ionian seas for ho- over 100 kilometers. Primitivo grapes ripen very early in the season, giving the wine a deep, intense red color, full body, and unique mineral bouquet and with undertones of cherries and plums. <coughs> Excuse me, I, I really do need something I thought. Primitivo. Zinfandel. Original they say. Uh, the roots of Zinfandel are traced back to the Primitivo grape. Uh, this is uh nice dark color. Oh, very pleasant nose. You've got that classic Zimmal nose. If you're not familiar with Zimmal, once you pour it, you you just see unique nose to it. And uh, picking up uh, some raspberry and uh, blackberry aromas out of it. And you take yourself blackberry and raspberries and crunch them. And, I'm not getting plum. Oh, I'm not getting cherries. Well, maybe black cherry. And the nose, and I need to sip here. Hang on.
0: And it's pouring down rain again. Woo-hoo. Just Is what Is it again? Oh, it's, oh, I can boy, hear. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I'm glad. Well, it's unbelievable.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, it's not raining here. It's just once again. It I'll was sprinkling a little bit ago.
0: Let me get the app. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it says lightning one point eight miles away. So uh
2: Oh we'll see we a <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well I yeah. figured, you know, they've only got like, you know, you know, twenty two days and nights to go. I mean we're almost we're almost halfway <laughs> to the forty days and nights here of rain mm. and just unbelievable. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah. All right. So if you disappear, then I know it's a lightning strike there yeah. uh,
0: more than likely. So, yeah, nice yeah.
2: this yeah, uh, I'm getting mm. some nice uh, uh plummy taste to this uh a little dark fruit, not so much have the plums coming out a lot on this on this primitivo here it's uh uh not real real heavy on tannins, uh nice balance of the acid. It's a very pleasant wine. It's uh blue, dark blue label, Primitivo uh, 2013, by Cantel, C A N T E L E, in uh, Spanish. So if you're out and about and you see one of these, uh, pick it up. It's, I would recommend it's worth the cost for it. 2013, I didn't realize we still had one that old sat around. Oh, that's good. So, uh, Ooh, let's see what else we got, other announcements. Oh, food It's coming up on the next week here, and we're almost done with this month. Oh, my gosh, this is our last show for July. We got August coming up here. Today is National Hot Food Sunday Day, and it is oh, Mike's engineer sent the posted a thing on Facebook about another day here, another wine day coming up, and I can't can't find it right now. She posted it earlier, and I know it was here, but I think it's disappeared, because you know how when things get on Facebook, and you find it, and you try to find it again, you can never, ever, ever know what world find it again, no matter how hard you try. So, but, uh, I saw a cool t-shirt, though, that said, uh, National Wine Day, January 1st through December 31st. I I like that. That was was a good indication of National Wine Day there. Uh, So today, National Hot Foot Sunday Day. Tomorrow, National Bagel Fest. So uh, dig out the bagels and dig out some morning wine, which is always fun. Morning wine is always good. Also tomorrow's National Coffee Milkshake Day. Coffee milkshake. Saturday, Cream Boulet Day. I think a cream boulet would go nice with the Sauvignon Blanc. I just I, I for some reason I just came to the Glass of Sauvignon Blanc and Cream Boulet. Also, if you're not into wine that day, Saturday's national scotch day. And if you're going to enjoy scotch, by all means pick yourself up a single malt and not a double mop, because that's the only way. To, it's so much smoother and so much better. Sunday, National Milk Chocolate Day, and Sunday is National Hamburger Day. So there's all sorts of variations there. Have yourself hamburger on a bun or just plain and all that. Dig out some Pinot Noir or uh, Barbera. And I'm saying these because you're all so used to grabbing a Merlot or a Cabernet for anything. So try something different: Pinot Noir, Barbera, or Carignan and try that with your hamburger. Monday, National Lasagna Day, and if you're not into lasagna, which this is also a good red wine day, National Chicken Wing Day is Monday. Now, there's a day to celebrate. There's uh, again both of them. Get stuff out some red wines. Uh, try something new. Try something different. Tuesday, National Cheesecake Day. Plain chocolate, strawberry, raspberry, whatever you want to do. Get yourself a cheesecake and enjoy it on Tuesday. And uh, have a, a light white with it. Wednesday, last day of the month, National Raspberry Cake Day. National Cotton Candy Day. And National Jelly Beans Day. So all those aren't really wine-friendly, but still a good excuse to open up a bottle of wine. Every time we see you next week, National Raspberry Cream Pie Day. So you've got that to look forward to next Thursday. So there's our food that you can come and start putting the wines with this coming week here. And always, whatever you eat, open a bottle of wine. it. Enhances the flavors and taste of your meal. Saw a couple of things, a couple of articles in trade magazines, and uh, I do keep up on the trade magazines even though I don't have an active business. I do try to keep on top of the stuff so I can pass on new stuff to you guys. This, I'm not going to go through the article here, but this, the headline of the article called My, It said, U.S. organic sales top 50 billion. That's with a B, yes, in 2018. That was last year. Topped the $50 billion mark. Actually, it went up to $52.5 billion in the national organic sales. And so that's quite a jump. Uh, the article did not specifically mention wine, but it did say, that uh, the growth in the dairy sector was uh, was enormous. It was the second largest organic category, uh, dairy and egg cells and all that. And organic egg cells have slowed a little bit, but they're still up at 115 million million. Oh, my gosh. Uh, fruits and vegetables are the highest cells, uh, 36.3% of all organic sales have been in fruits and vegetables, but uh, the organic market is, uh, uh, well, we know it's exploding, but it's just unbelievable how how much it is, although if you really look at this in perspective, $52.5 billion in food sales across this country is probably a drop in the bucket compared to what the total amount would actually be, but still, though, you if you were to look back a few years, that number would probably be in the low millions. So that is a big difference there, a big, big difference. Also, another state of the industry, 2019, on wine. Actually, it gave wine, spirits, beer, all sorts of other stuff. But this is, uh, since we are all about wine, I want to report on this. Uh the wine has the growth in this past year has been a little bit moderate. Uh, wine sales, uh, the rate of growth has slowed since the 4.2 gain in percent gain in 2015, and it appears that the growth of wine has settled into one to two percent annual growth through the next uh, four or five years. So, for no particular reason, it's just that it's up there and it's almost topped out but still people are joining in and there's so many other things that are playing a factor in it also as the article goes on to say in one area, the approval of marijuana in different states they think is taking a toll on wine beer and spirits uh, so it could be they don't know there's no definitive numbers on that but the way the growth is in those other, in the three categories they think it might have something to do with it. this is uh, beverage industry news here, so they do not cover marijuana, and so it's not part of the uh, the data. The uh, table wines rose 1.8 percent, which accounts for the 10.5 billion dollars in sales in the United States. Uh, and Champagne, sparkling wines, uh, overall outperformed all the other categories to 7.7% growth. And uh, the type of wine consumers drinking also might explain the steady year-over-year growth. Uh, flavor is big on driving the growth. Prosecco and Rosé are the strongest growth riders, so you're getting sparkling wines and all those categories that are... Increasing a lot, and rosés. We've talked about rosés a little bit in previous shows about how strong that is and how good of a market that is. And so that is showing it in the wine category. Also, canned wines is a key driver in uh, the growth. Canned wines' growing presence in the industry is uh, really starting to take uh, a, an effect on the total numbers. Wine sales in the canned wine category uh, past year as 40 to 50 million dollars. Wow! I mean, if you think about that, that's a tremendous amount of sales for, for canned wine, which a few years ago nobody would even consider. It. Think about that. It has also brought some opportunities for consumers. Can provides all sorts of benefits uh, in the fact that it's more accessible, easy to transport. You can take it places where you cannot take a bottle. And so that is one of the reasons why it is improving. I know here in Florida, we can't take glass to the beach, but the uh, can of wine is fully acceptable. And so that has helped it across. Across the whole wine and spirits category, premiumization is really one of the big growths that they're looking at over the next few years, uh, more so than anything, premium wines and stuff. The average cost of wines is that people are purchasing, not the cost themselves, but the average cost that people are purchasing is rising. And so because of that, the people are starting to pick up something a little bit more high-end, a little bit more expensive than just their three-buck chuck. It's becoming more, uh, more premiumized. Top wine, uh, top table wines, Barefoot, number one. And I'm not going to go into the number of cases or the dollar sales. Uh, not important. Number two, Sutter Home. Three, Woodbridge by Montavi. Four, Franzia Box. Five, Yellowtail. Six, Black Box. Seven, Josh Sellers. Eight, Kendall Jackson. Nine, Apothic, and ten, Chateau Saint Michel. So those are the total top ten there, and then uh, they go down from there. Those are the ones that bring in the biggest dollar. That's uh, not case or anything. That's just the biggest dollar sales this past year of those. So that's what's happening in the, the state of the industry as far as uh, wine goes. I noticed something else I thought was rather interesting. There's a new bottle out, new glass bottle out, a dual bottle. It says the new duo, D-U-O, dual bottle by Saver Glass. You can look it up at saverglass.com, S-A-V-E-R, saverglass.com. Says it explores uncharted territories of expression and creativity. You know it does. An advanced guard and unique cutaway design is intriguing and attractive. Another purpose, I don't know, but, you know, what first draws your attention is it's round cross-section with a wide cutaway extending elegantly up the entire height of the bottle to the neck. And it really does. You got the round, round bottle, and then on one side, it's just flat. So, it does, you know, you can lay, like, like, take the bottle and flatten it on the back side. Uh, up to the neck and uh, it's broad, unusual punt too and it has a punt on the indentation at the bottom is uh, 10 millimeters in height and it's, it says here in with a 14 millimeter thick glass base. The idea is shape and ergonomic contours of the bottom make it impossible not to pick up. The UO shape which is its most distinctive feature may be turned up or turned to the front or the back according to taste creating play of reflection between the flat and rounded sides and wealthy options for decoration and customization nobody's picked it up yet it was made the uh, do uh, out of Chateau Peche Hop and uh, Prestige uh, winery uses this D.U.O. but uh it's uh, being used for a premium rosé wine marker right now. Nobody in the United States uses the bottle and that is the only winery in the Chateau Pochant uh, Prestige it is the only one that's using it right now and using it for their Chardonnay. But a, a rather unique looking bottle Saber Glass uh, puts it out. Uh, if I can I'll, I'll go to Saber Glass and see if I can't transport that to the our Facebook page. I don't know if I'm able to do it, but uh, I'll see if I can't get that on the Facebook page. You can take a take a look at that. So, uh, unique-looking bottle, wine bottle, something different than what we are used to as consumers of wine, you know, although we're getting used to a lot of stuff now because of cans and boxes and petrol packs and all sorts of stuff, so all all becoming all'll be coming back again, yeah, I took some wine um, so I've got that stuff all the way I found something I wanted to talk about a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned it minerality in wine is is there minerality in wine? It's a, it's a debate that's been going on. It isn't minerality. Minerality meaning are you you're picking up minerals? Are you picking up actual taste of minerals in wine? And it is a continuous debate. Some swear, yes, is there. Others say, no, 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 you're not tasting minerals. You're tasting other stuff and all that. So I found this article, which was... Uh, slanted toward there's minerals and wine. This is nailing the myth of minerality. Uh, it says despite being dismissed by as myth by scientists, psalms and winemakers, uh I'm sorry, by scientists, Psalms and winemakers still insist minerality is a thing. And it 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 goes on as basically it's a long article, an interesting article. But it says that when you start tasting everything else, you start, you have Chardonnay for, well, you can do things like show fruit and a Pinot Noir. It's a whole cluster ferments, and so you pick up fruit. Or you get more butter in a Chardonnay, and that's when you rack it right after the malolactic fermentation. Or barrel impact, stronger toast and a higher percentage of new oak, and you can start getting a barrel. So how do you get hints of minerality? And this, they say, is by making sure that there's plenty of acid in the fruit not picking too late and growing the grapes in a site where the vines have to struggle a bit. Now we hear that all the time. We hear about the vines struggling a bit. But there's there's too much a uh, Paul Wasserman, who is West Coast sales manager for Becky Wasserman & Company, it says there's too much empirical tasting evidence to dismiss morality. Uh, it says we have no scientific proof of it. So what? Uh, comparing the concept of morality to the likes of other scientific theories as that have been recently proven. I mean, you know, we've got an actual picture of the black hole now, which was in reality a theory, but you know, we actually got a picture of it now. Um, minerality is the manifestation of elements of terror that feel like stone and soil in the texture of the wine. And it says minerality is something one feels rather than smells or taste. He, uh, he goes on to say they make wine savory, even bloody. Uh, for the most part, minerality matches through texture. Now this is the key to it right here. and This is the part that I think sums it up, this next little bit here, sums it up and really, well, through texture and therefore in shapes more than it does in flavors or aromas. Rather than the fruit salad language, generally associated with wine, minerality is often linked with geometric, round, linear, dense, as well as gritty, chalky, or gravelly. It says minerality's genesis is in the soil and bedrock. The qualities of terror-driven wines, the wines that best express minerality, are most noticeably once they have been digested, not while they're still in the mouth. Okay, now this is the key to minerality, and this is something you need to look for if you're looking for minerality. In a wine, and you're not going to find it in three-buck chuck because there's no minerality in three-buck chuck. You will find it in wines that you're, you know, a little bit more money into $15, 20 wines. And usually reds, so you will find mineralities there. But as you have swallowed, there will be a pressure on the back of your palate or on your tongue. This pressure has an intensity, a length, and a texture if you're not used, used to putting your entire focus on that moment, you most likely are, are unaware of minerality. If you understand and like minerality, that last measurement in the chronology of tasting is the most important. So there you go. That, that sums up. So I'm not going to tell you, tell you there is or isn't. I think there is. I find minerality in wines. Uh, scientists say there is no proof. That's minerality. Most winemakers and wine uh, psalms and people who are wine drinkers will find it, and they will describe it in all sorts of ways and all that. But, uh, you know, again, using gritty and chalky and gravelly and all that other thing. But if you're looking for minerality, when you taste the wine, once you swallow it, listen for it then. Listen is a bad word, but you're going to listen for it in the back of your mouth. Watch for it. Taste that that bit of mineral that may come out. It may not be there, so you know it's not a matter of, oh, that's there every time. It may not be there, and you may miss it and stuff like that. That's okay, too, but that's where you're going to see the minerality. In the back of the mouth, when you swallow that grittiness, that that earthiness that, uh, well, everything else that I just said, the, the chalkiness, the gravity and all that. So look for it there. That's minerality. So this is uh, article was interesting in the fact that it, it laid it out, I think, better on that and telling you where to look for it than anything. And, you know, most people, when you ask them about minerality, they will describe it different ways, but look for it yourself. That's really will give you an idea of what it is that is, you know, minerality. All right. Um, Something else I said I was going to talk about a couple weeks ago I mentioned about aging wines. And I didn't get an opportunity. uh, Well, before I go into aging wines, and I wanted to cover something else here too. The, when it comes to flavors in wine, the, well, your senses, the sight, human perception of sight is like 83%, most people name that, um, and when it comes to wine, too, you look at the wine, you look at the color, you look at all that, that's why we always describe the colors. Hearing. Uh, is 11% of human perception and smell 3.5%, touch 1.5%, and taste ends up with only 1% of the human because we'll see stuff and all that, but we don't always put stuff in our mouth, and that's for a baby. But the sense of taste is very important in finding the flavor of the wine to identify it a little bit closer and I'll do this, like I said on this one here I detect dark cherry and I'll detect plum or blackberry if you're familiar with those, you know what I'm talking about, if you've never had a uh, a blackberry you're not going to detect it obviously, because you don't know what it is. But just saying there's citrus fruit flavors or there's uh, red fruit flavors in there, it is awful general. Look for specific flavors in your wines. You can pick them out, and it doesn't take a sophisticated palate uh, I used to have people come into the winery all the time and say, well, I, not, I can't tell the difference between those, or I can't pick that up. I don't have a sophisticated palate. And my response was always the same to them. Okay, so you mean that a hamburger, a 49-cent, well, I don't think they're 49-cent. I think they're 99 a dollar twenty-nine. a hamburger from McDonald's, a dollar hamburger from McDonald's, is going to taste the same to you as a hamburger from Outback or from uh, TGI Fridays or something because they're both hamburgers and you're saying you don't have a sophisticated talent? And the response is, all well, yeah, yeah, I can tell the difference. Then you can tell the difference in wine. All you need to do is just start looking for it, start training your, your taste for it a little bit, and it's very easy to pick up. Um My engineer, uh, before we got married, said, oh, I don't don't know that stuff. I don't know that stuff. And then she, after a few years, she was at the winery doing tastings and telling people and answering their questions because she trained her palates to do it, and she knew what to look for. And she still does. She does an excellent job. Some of the fruit flavors that you will find is citrus fruit, lime, lemon, grapefruit, Tree fruits and melons, apple, pear, peach, honeydew, tropical fruits, mango, pineapple, red fruit flavors, strawberry, red plum, raspberry, black fruit, blackberry, blueberry, olive. Yes, olive is a black fruit. And then dried fruit like figs and dates. Okay, these are all things that you pick up. Every one of these is going to have a different taste aspect on your tongue every single one of them, and they can do the same thing with wine, bringing out a different taste, which will enhance the overall taste of the wine. Now, there's another one that's a little bit harder to a little bit harder to, to associate with, but it's still very real there. Flower and herb categories, uh, while you're sniffing these, you can also, taste some of these. uh, Flora aromas include roses, elder flower, violet, iris, stuff like that. And green aromas, grass, gooseberry, bell pepper, green pea. But then these aromas can interpret themselves into taste. Bell pepper, you know that, green tea, Uh, tea tea-like aromas, black tea, green tea, matcha, earl grey, those you know, those can throw it into your taste. Minty smells, um, Mint, peppermint, eucalyptus, menthol, sage, fennel,
1: wintergreen.
2: I also there's an article on this this morning paper talking about uh, pineapple mint and chocolate mint, and I've never heard of pineapple mint. That that surprised me. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it, they're herbs, but you know that's my next thing here. Herbs: uh, thyme, uh, oregano, rosemary, tarragon. Spice aromas, cinnamon, black pepper, red pepper, and these are all things that you know the taste of that you can pick up in the taste of wine. There'd be a lot of them in the smell, but these can manifest, uh, manifest themselves into the taste, which can enhance it. And then we've got earth and mineral, and again we're talking about minerality, earthy smells and mineral is uh, potting soil, red beet, mushroom. Yeasty aromas, beer, lager, sourdough, rustic aromas, uh, leather, barnyard, cured meats, tobacco smoke. You can smell these and taste these in wine. And look for the taste. Chemical like aromas, petroleum stuff, mineral smells, wet gravel, slate, volcanic rocks. If you're familiar with the smells, a lot of times that can translate itself into the taste. So look for it. Then, of course, oak. You know, there's Oak can be manifest in many flavors of uh, vanilla, allspice, clove, coconut, uh, cedar, cola, dill. Uh, all these will, will make a difference. And then oxidation. When the wine starts getting a little bit too aerated, you start getting other all flavors, uh, hazelnut, chocolate, leather, brown butter, baked apple. Not bad taste and aroma, but too much and it's the oxidation can take over so look for these tastes I just basically went through the aroma wheel with you on those but what you really need to do is start looking for those in your taste train your brain to look for the taste of those which will help you in enjoying the wine even more on each of the taste and each of the different uh Flavors that are coming out there. All right. Now, uh, oops, is this one? Oh, I think maybe this isn't. No, this is not. This is the one here that we're we'll talking about aging. Aging wine is—is is older wine better? Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, if it's meant to be aged, yes, it is better. Red wines, a lot of red wines are meant to be aged. Uh, They're meant to be aged properly, and they're meant to be aged in the right conditions. And this is the key to it. I always have an issue with, and I've said this before, you say this at the wine all the time, I tell people, my wines are made to be drank. Don't go home and age them. Don't go home and put them away. Don't go home and save them. Go home and drink them and then come back and buy more. That's what my wines were for. They were just drink young, drink now, enjoy. I always have an issue with a winery or tasting room that would say, well, this wine is good now, but you really should save it for 10 years to get the full flavors and enjoyment. I go nuts when I hear that. I, the reason for that is once that wine walks out the door, the winery has lost control. They have no idea how that wine is going to be treated. So telling those people to age it for 10 years is a disservice to the wine and to the people and to themselves because the people don't know what they're doing most of the time. Very few people know how to age, what to age, and anything about aging wine. So therefore, they'll take it home, they'll throw it in the trunk, to drive around for the rest of the day, they'll get home, they'll throw it up in the pretty wine rack that they have above the refrigerator, or maybe one in a cabinet or something, and say, okay, we need to open this in 10 years because that's what the people at the winery told us to do. And then after seven, eight years, they get tired of moving around and say, well, why don't we go ahead and drink this now? It's not 10 years, but we'll see how it is. And they pull it out, and it's horrible. It is oxidized. It has turned. It has gone bad. And they go, oh, this wine is terrible. This didn't age any better after 10 years. No, no, it didn't because it wasn't treated properly. This is the key to it. When you're going to age something, you need to age it properly. This is proper temperatures, proper controls on it. Ideally turn it every six months or so so the sediments on the red wine don't so settle at the bottom. And if sediments do settle, then be careful when you pour. If you're going to age a wine, it will improve. It, without question, will improve. But you need to age it properly, and that's really the key to it. If A winery says, well, this will age great, then keep in mind that they're aging it with a proper facilities and proper everything else, and you need to follow that and not treat it poorly. Now, a balanced wine, when you're looking at a balanced wine, you're going to have fruit, acid, tannin and alcohol all come into balance. All of them are going to be there. All of them are going to be the same. That's what aging will do. An out of wine, the acidity is going to be, you know, could be high or low. Tannins could be too strong. Alcohol could be overpowering. Aging wine is going to start balancing these tannins and the acidity, and the fruit should stay in there, and you're not going to be overpowered by any one factor are are underpowered by any one factor and this is the purpose of aging certain wines do age better than others some red wines are better older Cabernet Sauvignon is a classic one Cabernet Sauvignon you know age for well decades and decades Merlot is another one that will age very well uh, Malverde, or Monastrell. Uh, Monastrell is another name for Malverde. Uh High tannins in color, and that will age. Tempranillo, one of the best long-term wines for aging. Sangiovese, which is surprising because it's a uh, lighter wine, but uh, the spicy acidity balance and stuff like that, and that comes out very well. Uh, Neverille also is another good aging wine. And this last one here, I'm not sure. Aglianico, uh, uh, Aglianico, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Old World wine that uh, is... Uh, it doesn't say even where that's from. I have to look that up. Um, that's not good for aging. But aging char for red wines. What What are you doing on red wines? Okay, red wines... Cabernet Sauvignon, aged five to twenty years. Usually, on average, you can get five to twenty years out of most good Cabernets. Merlots, three to twenty years. Again, looking at twenty years. Malbec, not quite so much on aging on that one. Five to ten years uh, is uh, your ideal time. Now, these are ideal times. There are some cabs that will go for, you know, like I say. Decades. Same thing with Merlot. Melbex, not so much. You know, if you're pushing a back past 15, 20 years, that's too much. Syrah, ideally between three and 15 years, a maximum about 30 years. Pinot Noir, again, three to 15 years, a maximum 30 years. Grenache, three to 15 years, a maximum 25 years, and not hold so else well. will. Uh, Monastrell or um, Verdict that is uh, 8 to 20 years. Again, maximum around 30, 35 years. Zimindol, this isn't a long term ager here, okay? You can age just uh, Treat to uh, about 8 years and then bring the balances out there. And for long term, on a Zimindol, 15 years. Temperineal, 8 to 25 years. Sandro 10 to 25 years. Both those max at around 30, 35. Neverleo uh, is a little bit longer. You're looking at 15 to 30 years here to get ideal. Cabernet Franc, 5 to 15. Tannet, 10 to 25. And Zinomorvo, I whatever that is, I don't know. I'm not familiar with that grape. Uh, and uh, Angelinico, the one I just mentioned, both of those uh, from 5 to 25 years. So these, your red wine, now most of them you're buying, you're going to be drinking within months, and so that's okay. That's not going to hurt anything, but if you have the facilities, if you have a wine cap, (coughs) excuse me, if you have a wine cellar, wine cabinet, you can pick up wine cellars, wine cabinets, is cheap, $100. You can find them on sale different places Sam's Club uh, Costco put them on sale $400 for a small one hosts I don't know three cases two and a half cases and then you can get big ones you can go to uh, Wine Enthusiasts and their uh, site there and actually fill up a room full of uh, wine racks and wine cabinets and stuff they've got enormous ones there under the sink on the counter all sorts of things you can get but if you're looking at aging, get yourself something along those lines so you can set the temperatures and you can age it and keep the temperatures where it's supposed to be and follow the directions of the uh, manufacturer's suggestions, and you can't go wrong. Now I just mentioned the reds, but what about whites? Do white lines age? Yes, yes, they do not as much as the red wines there's most red wines uh, but yes you can age white wines some white wines that age well is Chardonnay this is probably the most well known of the age worthy whites if you will this is the ones that have the higher acid compared with the oak aging and that's going to help it Simeon mm-hmm. is uh, usually blended with Cabernet Franc and it's one of the white wines of Bordeaux but Simeon by itself can age well here's one I'm not familiar with uh, uh I don't know, I'll have to look that one up too uh, it's uh, out of Eastern Europe and it is one that ages well Reasoning, uh, the Sugars and acids in it, the uh, uh, sweetness in it, and the uh, acid in it help the recent age. Uh, Rio Blanca, our uh, verura, same grape, that will age. and Blanc is another one. Seventeen is out of uh, Greece, it will age. And one out of Portugal, the Arinto. And then, of course, you can age. Ports, which uh, Ports and Sherry's wage. I'm just talking about the White Grape. Chardonnay, 25, I'm sorry, I didn't say 2.5 to 10 years. This is an aging term, although they can go up to 15 years, even more. Sauvignon Blanc, basically you drink them now, but good for up to about seven and a half years. Uh, Racostelli, I want to just mention. Two and a half to seven and a half years, you can age those. Riesings, drink now up to five years. I've aged Riesings a lot more than that, and they're very, very good. Uh, The cooler the temperature is, the slower the age. I always age mine slowly. Shin and Blanc, two years up to about ten years. Moscato, surprisingly, the sweetness in that will help it age a little bit, two and a half, three years. Simeon, you can age that up to 10 years and still have a nice wine. Uh, Gerbersterminer. Drink it now up to the next two and a half years. Boignet. Two and a half to eight years. Tarantis. Age it up to five years. And uh, the Sevintennial. Uh, two and a half to ten years. And the rental that will age two and a half to twelve and a half years. So those are some of the whites that you can age. Again, do it properly. Don't store it in a cabinet or your wine rack above the refrigerator. Worst place in the house to keep wine, by the way. It hot vibrations, the heat from the refrigerator, all that. But there's you see so many pretty wine racks above the refrigerators and it's just sad. Nice place to keep glasses. If you have wine glasses, take out the little crisscrosses and store glasses in there, but don't store your wine in there unless you're going to put it up there when you come home from shopping and then open it up that evening with your meal. And most of the time, you're going to leave that set on your counter anyway, so don't use the wine rack above the refrigerator. Get okay, yourself so a wine refrigerator, ate some of these. You can taste the difference. There is a difference in the taste. Once you age wine, you will notice it soften. It will... Mellow out. You'll get some nice flavors. The fruitiness tends to come out a little bit more. Most of the times, the tannins go away and soften, which brings out the fruit. And the, uh, if it's a red wine, the white wines, the acids tend to mellow out a little bit, and the oak aging tends to bring out a little bit of the white fruitiness of it. So. Try it. Get yourself a little small wine for you. can get one for less than $100 and date them when you get them. Date them and date them when you plan on opening them. And enjoy. And we are done for the last show of July 29th. July.
1: Wow.
0: Uh, the Xenomavro you mentioned is from Central Macedonia, Greece. That's uh, information I uh, found on that. Took me uh, about 45 minutes to figure out how to spell it. And then the other one (laughs) is uh, (laughs) Aglianico. Aglianico is a black grape uh, grown in the southern regions of Italy. Um, Oh. I'm not going to try and pronounce those cities. The wine originated in, or the vine originated in Greece and was brought to the uh, south of Italy by Greek settlers. Oh, okay. Well, very like good. Find... Very good. That one took an hour and a half to figure out how to spell, but I I finally Oh
2: I know. Yeah. So, I, I, a lot of these, I mean there's so many grapes out there and a lot of these I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. I, uh like, you yeah. or, know, yeah, A R I N T O. Um let's see. I
0: okay.
2: I have
0: right here. uh
2: if I can find it. Oh, wine grape varieties, so, there you go.
0: Portuguese. Uh, okay. I've got Portuguese.
2: A, a yeah let see, let me click on that, let me click on that. A R I Oh geez, From, there are Portugal. There are three arentos here. Oh. Uh, Arento Paderna. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh a chechuda and a mayuda and a dodeo and a rental galago. <laughs> Uh. Oh, okay. okay. Well, here what is certain is that the catchy name Arrento Tinto is quite distinct being a synonym for Argonaz which is Tempranillo. And we all know Tempranillo. So, hey. Like uh. the, the hot region surrounding Lisbon And Portugal. Uh, and the little chart here Shows where the grape is grown, and it says Portugal, 100 percent. No other country Mm -hmm. grows it. So, actually, no, it says 99.87 percent is grown in Portugal, (laughs) and then 0.13 percent in Australia. So, that's the Oriental white wine, white grape. So, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know
0: why. (laughs)
2: Yeah, there's too many out there. I mean, you know, this wine. Y'all want to check out. I mean, all, all the listeners out there. This is this is a good good uh, uh, chart for grapes. It's uh, great varieties. Uh, look under www.wine-searcher.com/slash/grape-varieties, and it. Is is great. It lists all sorts of grapes. It describes them. It tells where you can buy them. It tells about them. It, uh, just you know hundreds and hundreds of, of grapes. And then when you click on one, uh, let me click on this uh, this. It describes the grape. It tells you about it. Usually shows a picture. It shows the synonyms. Good food matches with it. And then it also lists. The the wines, the most popular, the best, the best value, the most expensive, the cheapest, just a a great website. I refer to this all the time uh, for grapes, and so uh, just really a a fantastic site, and if I'm looking up a grape for any reason, I, I will jump on this, and it is in my safe favorites, and it's it's like a path going to it. You know, you go someplace a lot. That's what happens with this. It, I'm always on that site. So check that out. Wine Searcher, wine searcher.com slash grape slash varieties. So, our grape dash varieties, not slash.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of information there, that's for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Keep you busy, keep you busy for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Good resource. Oh. <laughs> Any site like that. Yeah, very good. Um, uh, yeah, as you said, our next show is going to be uh, August the first. So August um, the first. Yeah, that'll be our next one, and uh, it'll be seven p.m. Eastern time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like more information on the show and uh, with links to previous guests and information on how to be a guest, go to our website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. And there's also a link to uh, chat with us during during the live show. So uh, that's always up there. Um, Anyway, do that, and uh, we'll see you all uh, next uh, week, and enjoy um, – Enjoy the weekend, the rest of the week, and uh, we'll see you all next Thursday. Thanks for tuning in.
2: Be safe yeah. out there and drink lots of wine. We'll see you next week. Thank you.
1: This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website, at www.allaboutwinebtr.com Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.